Meet me on the softer side. Meet me on the softer side. Softer side of your heart. Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. You can find out about this and all of our other author events at www.skylightbooks.com, where you can also browse our inventory as well as order books online. You can also follow us on Twitter or even be our friend at Facebook.com. If you'd like to talk to a real person, we can be reached at 323-660-1175. And don't forget, Skylight Books depends on listeners like you to help support us. So whether you're in our neighborhood or browsing online, buy a book or two to help ensure that we'll be around for a long, long time. Thanks and enjoy. So our first write girl is Melanie Salazar. She's 16, and she likes to write in bed. <laughs> yeah, hi. <laughs> um, my poem or writing is called My Micro Manifesto. Um, Growing up has made me realize how hard it is to be me. I am exposed to people much more prominent to success than I am. They can go places I can and experience things I never will. Growing up, I felt I could do anything, but then reality struck and pushed me away. One thing is for sure, I will never give up, even if it means breaking society's conventionalist barriers. I will, I will overcome these hardships in life and stay resilient. I will become someone who is truly invincible. And when that day comes, everyone will know my story and what I had to go through to be where I am now. Next, we have Lily Keeve. She's 17, and she likes to write outside. Hello. Um, I usually don't title my poems, so this is just untitled. <clears throat> Young eyes, always surprised, lost in between the spaces of words and the traces of pavement between us. I hold my own hands ever since you left. No longer do space and time walk with us, but rather we took separate roads, knowing our paths would never cross again. Sadly, nothing ever lasts. Thanks. I was really struck by traces of pavement. Can you imagine visualizing in your head what traces of pavement, the, uh, the, the physicality of that, and then all the subtext leading into what she was talking about, about relationship, that beautiful, beautiful phrasing of words together. Stephanie Nichols is 15, and she likes to write at Disneyland. Um, hello. Um, the piece I've prepared is called Click Clack. I sat in our spot clicking my pen. Click clack, click clack. Yes, I was here, but just wait. A thought entered my mind. Quickly, I wrote, no longer with others, now a superhero. I ran across rooftops, um, heels clicking. Click clack, click clack. I look up from my paper, thinking, once again here. I sat in our spot clicking my pen. Click clack, click clack.
Next, we have Asha Burks. She's 14, and she likes to write on her window seat. Hello. Um, this is an excerpt from my poem, Human. <clears throat> I don't know yet who I am or who I want to be. I think I do sometimes, and everyone seems to believe I'm perfect. I'll figure it out. They think I know. They think I'm completely comfortable in my skin. And for a while, they fooled me. Fooled me into thinking I was fine. Fooled me into thinking I was some sort of perfect human that didn't have any real problems. But they weren't seeing the whole picture. Amaya Jones is 17, and she has some writing advice for you. She says that confidence is key. The title of my piece is called My Room. Like a beach with a setting sun, beige carpet as soft as Hawaiian sand between my toes, a kaleidoscope of blue and white. Paradise, a place where time pauses, relaxation, and fun all in one. My room brings a special feeling to my heart, and I'm a happy girl when I get home from a long day. My room is my best friend. It cheers me up when I am sad or when I feel alone, warms me up when I am cold, and keeps me safe when I sense harm. I love my room, and it loves me back. Thank you. So you just heard one example from what's inside uh, our most recent anthology, You Are Here, The Right Girl Journey. Um, I always have a chance to work on this book a little bit uh, in the spring season, and uh, it's always really inspiring. I hope that we're inspiring you with our first group of girls, because now it's time to write. So there isn't uh, a right girl event that doesn't have a little writing. I have two people with index cards who are going to start passing them around. Start rummaging in your bag. See if you have a pen. And if you don't have a pen, raise a little finger so that my pen people, where are my pen people? So that my pen people know that you need a pen. And while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you about something really exciting that happened this last winter. So last winter, we, were, um, we received a national award from Michelle Obama. <laughs> Pretty awesome. And what was really special about that award is that we had the opportunity to go to Washington, take one of our girls, Jacqueline, who's here today, wave, wave, everybody look at the girl who went to the White House. There she is. And she got to go up on stage and meet Michelle, and it was pretty exciting. So my writing activity today has to do with the seasons. That was last winter. And what's right around the corner for us is spring. And of course, we live in LA, so it's sort of iffy when it all starts or changes, because nothing ever changes. But our writing activity is this. I'm going to have you write on both sides of the card today. On one side, I want you to finish this sentence. Winter was. And on the other side, let's do a little future dreaming, spring will be. So on one side of the card, if you just write what winter was for you, and then on the other, write what spring will be. So give us your little dream or your little vision of what spring will be. We'll just give you a second to do that. 
and we're going to send some folks around to collect them in a little bit. So, Diane, let's hear some more of these amazing pieces of work. So, right girl Valerie Chavez is 13, and her favorite writing genre is fiction. The oh, yeah. This is a story called Heroes of Courage that I've written in fifth grade and it's still continuing because sometimes I stop. So <laughs> I'm reading a short passage from the latest chapter I have written. The floor had a mosaic style that was black and white. It appeared that the ceiling had the same pattern. The walls were black and there were rows of clocks on the wall. On the left it was three o'clock but on the right it was 9.30. Curiouser and curiouser, Zach said uncontrollably. He had quite forgotten what to say, for he had lost the meaning of his words. Zach walked at the end of the hallway and he saw a door too big for his side. You've got to be kidding me. I'm not actually small, so there should be a new alba around here. <clears throat> Zach said while touching the door, Zach gave up and replied to himself, it's useless. He put his back on the door and slided down until he sat down. Isn't it amazing how she, uh, Valerie so effectively used the atmosphere, the clock and the wall to all of a sudden create this tone that completely took you into where the character was and what was the feeling of the story? It's really wonderful. Tiffany Sue is up next and she is 17 and she loves to write poetry. Hi, my piece is called Blue. Turquoise, aqua, cobalt, but really just blue. The clear morning sky with sparrows in the air, learning to fly. Speckled, dazzling gems on my white dress, adorned at the hems. Gleams from one special thing, the colored stone on my tiny wedding ring. The deep, calm sea, where we will eventually explore just you and me. All these shades through and through represent the times with just me and you. Right girl, Anya Scott Anderson is 18, and her favorite genre is poetry. Memories are transfixed in people, places, and things, trapped undiscovered by their host until revelation. I remember. Embers hot and curious easing down my throat, a sip of autumn personified. Red flecks bewitched my white ceramic, cling and sting the roof of my mouth. Terribly, enjoyably strange. I remember cayenne tea on brown sugar mornings when noses dripped lazily and the sun rolled its ways away to weep. Carnation milk and Ovaltine. Her wide lap hugged my plump prepubescent frame like an egg encased in its precious yolk. I remember 
her my fragment of history, my beloved piece of the past, my grandma. I remember how she poured ample love honey in my tea mug. The cure, the cure winter, to cure winter morning sniffles, I taste her in cayenne tea I brew myself. In the love honey I've always been enamored with, I slip, I sip slowly, allowing reminiscences to settle on my tongue. Wow, I don't know that I've ever experienced tea like that before. <laughs> but for sure, the next time I'm going to have to try to have some of that. Wow. Um, Anastasia Cuevas is 14, and she too loves to write poetry. Hello. My poem is going to be about mad men, you found out later. Life in the light can be so bright. Nothing can be so pure. The sun shines, hitting my beautiful face. I was free. The night was beautiful. The thing I loved most was the stars, the darkness. It was peaceful. The wolves howling to the full moon, the hummingbirds singing in the ever-singing light. Everything was a land. The land was peace, the land of night. It's what I asked for, to be free from mad men. Miriam Sachs also loves poetry, and she is 16. Speak. I box my bones into a prism, roll my mouth to the shape of a rubber ball, paint silent, ever-loyal breath into colors of openings and closings, wondering which of the wrangled thoughts that own me are worth telling. I could speak about bottomless self-criticism spread eagled over a single shallow flaw. I could speak about the potential for the fabrication of my dreams for the ripe glass bowls they swim in, backstroke when the moon winks, breaststroke when the stars connect the dots into spools of sky. I could speak about the clouds corroding as time yawns his whiskered way into the impossibility of forever. But the speak that strikes a sound and strikes a chord is the speak that wriggles in its warrior way through the ribcage shield of chest and into whichever heart is yours, the one that I am speaking for. So I wanted to bring up a couple of um, surprise guests who are also just going to be surprised that I'm calling them up. Uh, Camille and Kylie, if I could have you up here for a second. So, let's applaud them for being girls in LA. I love that. So the reason I asked you guys up here, and I think it's okay if I take this off of here. Very gingerly. So yeah, you guys are gonna have to come. Don't be afraid of me. So the reason I called these two up here is these two are actually Right Girl alum. And Kylie, you just graduated from college last spring. And what about you? I'm in the middle of college right now. I just did two years at NYU, and now I'm looking to transfer maybe USC. 
Okay, good school. Um, so, uh, if I didn't say it before, one of our very important statistics is that 100% of the girls in our core program go to college. And that is worth some applause. And so, well, before I ask you to what you remember most from when being a right girl, I do want to just point out someone in the audience. She's wearing turquoise, and her name's Allison Deegan. And she works. And she. And she's our associate director who works tirelessly and knows everything there is to know about getting into college. It's really phenomenal. Uh, and so thank you, and we honor Allison all the time for all the hard work she does. Um, so what do you remember most about being a right girl? All right. Well, I remember most my meetings every Saturday, Saturday with my mentor, Susie. We would meet at a Roma Cafe in Studio City, and I would get a steak panini, and we would just sit and write. And it was literally my favorite hour of every Saturday. And she lives in Paris now, but my mom and I are going to Paris this summer and we're actually going to see her. So it's really exciting. I'm just very mindful of the cord. And Kylie. You all right? Yes. Let's go this way. <laughs> and you come up here. I'm just very mindful that we're just not going to tear everything down today. Um, and what do you remember most from Right Girl? Um... I think I remember most the readings. I remember most, um, last time I was at Skylight Books was when I did my reading. When I did, um, I think that was in my senior year of high school, so 2009. And um, just being kind of nervous and really excited and then afterwards feeling like, wow, oh, I just read at a bookstore and all these people listen to me read my poem. And yeah, it was really awesome to be 18 and speaking and everybody had to listen to me. <laughs> I love it. And the reason they're here today is actually they are now uh, interns and slash employees of Ray Girls. So, well, yeah, they're all staff now. Okay, give them a hand. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Um, so, I was hoping that your index cards would get collected now. So, I'm going to cue my index card people, Rachel and Connie. And I have another Rachel at it here. So, we're going to come around and collect those. Don't worry if you didn't finish. Just uh, give us your card so that we can curate our audience participation piece. Um, and so, next up, I think we have more readers. Are they coming from this side this time? All right, let's do it. Diane? Let me give them a second. They're collecting the. Um, how do I do this? There it goes. Okay. Very, very gentle. So, uh, this group of right girls, they're not only going to blow your mind with their amazing writing, but they also have writing advice to give all of you. Dusty Wiley Yancey is 15, and she says that you should write anything on your mind, write it out as soon as you can. Thank you. Um, my poem is titled, The City. The people of the city are blinded by the greater things in life. Their senses are diluted by the sparkly things that cross their eye. Their thinking is distorted by the things they hear at dinner some nights. Their compassion abruptly stops. Thank you. Up next is Natalie Madrigal. She says, always carry a pen and paper. You never know when you'll overhear something inspiring. She's 18. Um, 
I'm gonna be reading a poem that's untitled. It's a, actually a work in progress right now. Okay, hello, okay. There I lay, underneath the tree, jaded, staring into a sea of leaves, following the ants with my eyes, make their way up the trunk, remembering the way our fingers once intertwined like the branches above. And just as I begin to lose hope once again, I see in the depth of it all a hint of pink and what appears to be the first sign of spring. Don't you love how she used the uh, vision, uh, the, the visual of the uh, branches twining and the hands twining, and you could see the whole, uh, the hopefulness of spring and love at the same time. That was really beautiful. Now, Shay Tara Miles is. Uh, how old are you, Shay? She's 15. Give her a hand. Um. This one is untitled. Ten years ago, I was five years young. Ten years ago, I wore bright yellow and pink dresses with pretty white sandals. Light colored skin that was smooth to the touch. Right above my nose that sat, on the, that sat in the middle of my face were two big brown eyes that held curiosity and happiness. I was a little city girl with big hopes and dreams wanting to be the best person I could be. Today, I'm 15 years old with the same smooth skin that's now a tiny bit darker. My nose is still in the middle and the brown eyes above it have lost a little, of, a little bit of its glow. I'm still short, still weird, but I'm more careful about the world around me than ever. I've changed a lot and I guess it was for the better. Though I wish that I could have gone back 10 years and did all the negative things, then maybe, just maybe, I might, not, I might have stayed the same. Noah Eshman is 17, and she says, all writers, be brave. Nope. Noah? Hi. Actually, I'm 18. I just turned last week. I guess I'm not used to writing it yet. <laughs> My story is called Addict. Some people might be addicted to drugs, or alcohol, or love, but not me. Nothing gets me like that sweet white powder. I have this lack of self-control, this magnetic pull towards this junk, this wonderful, wonderful poison. I just sit at that cafe, helpless and hopelessly stuffing a huge chocolate cake into my mouth, and then a pie, and then a tiramisu, without any idea when my mind is going, um, to decide to put down that fork. My friends say I'm stronger than I think. They say I have more control than I think. Well, I don't think so. My weight goes up weekly, like a growing balloon. Though I hate when those, though I hate what those sweets are doing to me, I have to eat them. The withdrawal is too painful. Without that warm hug of those yummy, yummy treats, without that sugar, I feel that I am missing something, like I am sinking down this dark hole that only a warm chocolate tart can pull me out of. 
Every afternoon, if I do not have a hit of that sweet destruction, my mood starts to slowly drop and I suddenly develop this incurable headache. I refuse to give up this wonderful white powder, this sweet, sweet junk called sugar. <laughs> That was some really uh, a live juxtaposition of language. Just how she used, just how she used, uh, you know, one thing to describe the other. I thought that we were going in a completely different direction, and then I ended up in this really tasty adventure. So I can definitely relate. Imani Brooks is up next. She is 17, and she also says, "Be confident in your writing." Okay, cool. Um, this poem I wrote a couple days ago, and there we go. And it's called "You." You. You were the one I gave all of my trust to, and now it is shattered, never to be repaired. You. You were the one I shared my secrets with. Now they are gone, traveling on silent winds from one to another. You. You were the one I could talk to. Now our conversations are long and forgotten, only spilling out in silent waves. You. Our relationship was what I thought was love, but it wasn't. It was an illusion, trapping both my mind and heart into an artificial state of belief. And I went with it, drinking and soaking myself with it, drunk off the artificial love that clouded my thinking in my heart. For days, weeks, months. I laid in the hangover of that drunken love, but after a while, the hangover subsided, and in the mix of that drunken state, so did our friendship, drifting like waves, burning like paper, the ash remains of our burned-out camaraderie being swept off by the winds, flowing freely, till we have both forgotten, and like that, it is gone. The last two pieces featuring hangovers and white powder were not expected <laughs> from our teens. So um, I'm going to bring up a couple of folks uh, who are going to read what you guys wrote today. And I'm begging them. I'm like, literally, come on, guys. OK. Yeah, that would be now. <laughs> so one of them is Rachel Kaminer. She works very closely with me on uh, what we call the workshop content team. And that's the team that puts together the different writing genre workshops that we hold throughout the season. And some of them are day-long events, and some of them are just a couple of hours. But they usually focus on a genre, like memoir or poetry. Uh, and so Rachel uh, works with that group and I a lot in putting together the most creative and exciting activities that we can think of. Uh, and then also, one of our uh, mentees is going to come up and help her. You guys might have already heard Ani read some amazing poetry for us just a minute ago. Okay, here we go. We have to hit the mic. Winter was simple. Spring will be blooming. Winter was fun for me because Santa came. Spring will be full of tests and stress, but new beginnings. Winter was anxious. Spring, a name, a name for myself and for my future self, unknown, unclear, as it should always be. Winter was cold, wet, and dark. But spring will be golden. Winter was hot. Spring will be coming soon, and I will conjure the rain to make it happier. Someone has to make it happen. Give yourselves a round of applause for the beautiful poem that you all wrote. Thanks, Ani. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. So, um, 
I just want to say we're, we're going to get into our very last group of girls uh, who are going to come up and read. And at this point, I have to say this. If there's any girl in the room who wanted to read or wants to read and we don't have your name on the list, come on into these two behind-the-bookshelf backstage wings areas so that we know you're here uh, and that you want to read. So, um, But Diane, you have another group of girls ready to go, right? Okay. So uh, Tasha Kaday is up next, and she is one of our many white girls, and uh, it's really interesting. I'm just reading this list right now and finding out that there's so much more to all these girls than I actually knew, even though I get to see them every month, and it's really exciting. Tasha Kaday is 15, and one, one, just one really interesting fact about her, because I'm sure there are many, is that she does impromptu drawings of pretty girls and creepy monsters. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, I have a part from a story I was reading for NaNoWriMo, um, National November Writing Month, just in case you don't know. So, um, basic summary of the plot. It's It's heaven versus hell and pizza. So, the second, time, the second time they'd met, it was in a dark, deep, desperate area in the red light district. When Christopher was still earning credit as a demon, and Jamie was still earning a tip from a reluctant bartender in a club. It didn't really deserve to be called a club, because it was an empty room of dirty, neon-colored strips running up and down the walls, and a single bar to the side, run by a single bartender, who had a penchant for not having customers. So in addition to being a right girl our, and a writer, writer, right girl, same thing, uh, Molly Kleinman is also a photographer and she is 14. Hi, um, I just want to say before I read this that my, this poem was inspired when I read Our Town and a character from it, if you don't know, said that the people who realize life as a living it it's probably just the saints and poets, okay? Maybe it isn't just the saints and poets who realize life as they're living it. Maybe it's that girl down the street or the boy you sit next to in class. Maybe it'll be that newborn boy. Or maybe it was that woman not too long ago put to rest. Maybe only one person a generation will know. One can still make a difference. Maybe only, maybe just maybe, that one person can help us, help us all appreciate. Maybe someday I'll understand. Maybe I already do. Maybe we shouldn't worry about the next world, but who we are today, where we are today. Maybe we should hold people we love a little tighter, or invite new people in. Or maybe it is the, just the saints and poets. Wow. Don't you love how she took that one word, maybe, and made it absolutely certain? I, I've listened to everything that she said and definitely was in agreement with everything. It really struck me. Um, next is Jacqueline Oi. She was the right girl who accompanied Karen Taylor to Washington to receive the award from Michelle Obama. She's 16, and when she's older, she wants to be a foreign correspondent. Woo! 
So my piece is called My Own. <clears throat> my tangled words, foreign and native, past and present. Shaded eyes reveal his ignorance at the color of my skin, the culture in my eyes. He said I couldn't make it, clasping ideals of the past, outdated and useless. I searched through the haze, still weaving my way trying to keep the peace to find a way to be accepted. But closed doors and chants stare at me as I wait for the metro that always seems to be late. Night dissolves into early mornings, tired walking, days of headlines, stories, and newspapers. Hoping for a better future without thin walls and drifting voices, I tell myself the day I shut the door on my own face will be the day I've lost my own and my faith. Melanie Ballesteros is 18 and a half, and she was interviewed by CNN today. Hello. <laughs> Um, I'm going to read a piece that I've written called The Village Girl, The Dark Plum, and The Elder Tree. It's a fairy tale about a girl coming of age who follows the, her village's tradition of going to the mysterious elder tree where she chooses to take the gift that will be given to her. She learns to take the right choice and never, never um, take it back. It was small in her hand, all fleshy and plump. A tiny sweet being can insert in her heart. She took her first bite, ripping out a little of its thin, smooth skin, revealing the burgundy redness that it has inside. The taste was sweet and lovely. She wanted more. She ate with passion, enjoying every moment of it all. There was nothing to stop her. She had to keep going and eat, and she ate. She stopped when she noticed that all that was left was the remains. The little bit of the juice ran on her hands to the rest of the arms, glistening by some unknown light. So a lot of our right girls have been writing since they were in the womb. Um, Maddie Can has kept a journal since she was in the fifth grade, and she is 17. Uh, so this is a poem that I wrote. Okay, it's called Purple. That deep purple color I love so much found its way onto your skin, and cloaking you in a mysterious way, loosening and tightening around a body I can't unmemorize. And as I tried to keep my eyes at bay, I couldn't help but think, I like the shirt you wore today. It's color like the bruises that entangle the parts of me I cannot chart at helpless moments when I wish to tell you how beautiful you still are to me. I thought I had overcome at least some aspect of my heart's monogamy, for my mind will always be your slave, but I believed my eyes to be mine. I thought to have usurped your influence from my sight, but as I sat with upturned eyes, I still wished we were back at a time when I could look at you and say, I like the shirt you wore today. I hate that color, and I hate you for wearing it. I can't help but wonder if when you put it on this morning, you thought about how I would have loved it. It's the kind of small thing you would have known I would have liked. I can't help but wonder what it would be like to whispering things in your ear while I... And I hate you for making me think like that. I see nothing but loss in us now. Nothing but an ache as deep as that purple. 
and I wish we could at least be friends, and I've told you that, but maybe it's best if we're not. Because now, while I could not tell you, I still love you, I still do, and I attribute my strength to the fact that I don't need you. And whenever I imagine kissing someone else, the background is always your room, and the touch is always yours, and every inch of him is you. And the sound of your voice, always ringing faintly in my ears, slightly familiar, but changed. Your voice has more depth to it now, or maybe I just never noticed before. It reminds me of ink spilling onto worn 18th century parchment, seeping into every wrinkle of the page, signing your signature into my name in a dark and murderous purple. Wow, don't you love how she took the color purple and gave it darkness and light and love and passion and hatred and it just came alive in a completely different way for me. Rachel Burdoff is our last but not least right girl to read. She'll be uh, kicking us off here at the end before we go on to other things. Uh, she is 17 and she's gone on a two-week backpacking trip. So the poem I'm about to read was actually inspired by that backpacking trip. Um, the thing that got me thinking was that when I actually shut up and stopped talking in the backcountry, it was completely silent. And that was new. Silence. Stop talking, they say. Silence, it's the new thing. It was invented just last year, along with the MacBook Air and the iPhone 5. And it's free. You just have to stop talking. Amazing. But we all know it takes more than that. Even they know somewhere in their subconscious that silence can't really be found within 50 miles of a touch screen. And it's ironic that those who most long to find that elusive, peaceful quiet will never in all their lives dare to go looking for it without a cell phone. And they will never in all their lives truly find it until they do. Well, that about wraps it, but we do want to just uh, say a few more things before we let you go. First of all, I just want to thank Diane, who did such a nice job introducing our girls. And then I want to introduce you to someone really special. Um, her name's Teresa Huang, and she's our PR director, so she's going to give you all those PR things you need to know before you leave. Thank you. I just want everyone to take a moment and feel what you're feeling right now feeling filled with these beautiful words of these inspirational girls. And I want each and every one of you to take this feeling out with you today home and think about what you heard today, think about the pieces, some of the, the ideas that were presented to you today. And if you feel so moved, share what you thought of today's uh, reading on Facebook and on Twitter and with the world, with the person that you're going to dinner with tonight, with the person you have breakfast plans with tomorrow. You know, we as an organization rely on so much of you to spread the word of what we are what we do and the impact that we have. And just a couple of ways you can do that is A, through social media, through Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're joining Pinterest. All of that is on our website. 
We're also participating in a campaign right now with AT&T for Black History Month, um, where we have a really exciting team of volunteers that is working to promote our organization and through social media and other ways. And so the hashtag that they're using for this month is 28 Days Right Girl. You'll remember that because it's February. Hashtag 28 Days Right Girl. So as you're sharing what you think today of, of today's event, please use that hashtag because that helps them in their competition. Um, for the mentees, our next event is when? February 22nd. Yes, it's our annual poetry workshop. This is going to be a big event in Make a City LA. It's always one of the most popular workshops of the year. So that is next Saturday, February 22nd. Um, and I just want to say... You can visit our, our website, yes, rightgirl.org. And if you feel so moved to buy one of these books today, you can do that right here, support Right Girl and Skylight Books all in one fell swoop. So I wanted to give a round of applause to all the mentees that read today. Also, since many of them are in, the, in this room, I want to thank the parents of the mentees that do so much to bring these girls to us. Thank you so much. And finally, the mentors that are also here, that are inspiring all this wonderful work. And finally, of course, to our, to our homecoming uh, king, Skylight Books. Thank you so much for hosting us one year. We're here for this wonderful event. Check us out at rightgirl.org. We hope to see you all uh, chattering with our girls after, after the event and buying our books. And we'll see everyone uh, at the next reading. All right, thanks. Bye. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget that you can check out this and all of our other great podcasts at www.skylightbooks.com. Today's music was provided by Fragile Gang. You can check them out at MySpace, Facebook, and the iTunes Music Store. Thanks for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.